I know nothing about Pokemon. And lucky for you, I know a lot. So come check out Season 2 of Top 5 Nintendo, where we'll be ranking and discussing all things Pokemon. See you there. In this episode, David gets together with Dakota and Nathan from the Switch Clicks podcast to build a top 10 Zelda trailers list. Hello and welcome to another Zelda podcast. I'm David Geisler, your host for this episode, and I would like to welcome you to a very special episode of another Zelda podcast. A few months ago, the Switch Clicks podcast reached out to my co-producer, Celeste Roberts, and um, the team over there at the Switch Clicks said, hey, we're going to be doing a Zelda month. We're going to be celebrating everything that's Zelda for the month of November. And um, Celeste brought it to me in one of our production meetings, and I thought it was a great idea. And we were hoping to have both Celeste and I on the show, but schedules just didn't work out the way it worked out. So um, after a little bit of back and forth with the Switch Clicks, I joined them to do a top 10 trailers episode. But the initial pitch was that the Switch Clicks wanted to kind of do something where we did the first half of the show as a AZP episode and the second half of the show as a Switch Clicks episode or vice versa. And we went back and forth on Discord for a number of weeks, honestly, trying to figure out, well, okay, what is it? What is that? Is it, are we interviewing each other? Are we asking questions? Because of course, here on Another Zelda Podcast, we don't often do guests. We we don't really consider ourselves a guest-based interview style show, but we have um, done some special things like speaking with the Zelda cast, where we recorded one episode over on our feed, and then we did an episode on their feed. And then of course, things like um, Linktober and back in, I think it was season three, I was on as a guest for Lore Party, and then, of course, they joined me um, for an EZP episode. So this is a little bit of an experiment here. The first half of this episode will be an EZP episode, and the second half of the episode will be over on the Switch Clicks feed, a little bit like when I kind of do those Studio Demands It bonus episodes for another Zelda podcast. The, the Switch Clicks aren't necessarily a 6-5 show, but they're definitely friends of, of 6-5, I guess you could say. Certainly now, certainly after we got together to record. So as this episode is posting right now, which we decided would be 3 p.m. on November 23rd, the second half of this episode is also over on the Switch Clicks feed. And there's a link to that episode in our uh, show notes right now. So I'm going to get into a little bit of listener feedback, and then I'm just going to queue up this recording. It was actually a blast. It kind of felt like a party. It was weird. It was like, oh, let's throw the party over at AZP's house, and then everybody run over to the Switch Clicks house and keep having the party. But anyway, um, let's see. Here I have something. Oh, Kenzel A over on, it looks like YouTube, commented on the Forest Dungeons episode. This is our second episode ever of the entire show back in probably early 2018. Forest Dungeons Season 1, Episode 2. Kenzel A says, Great show. I've only been listening for about two weeks and almost caught up. Whoa, whoa, Kenzel, you've been moving. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention in regards to blowing into the DS, you can just rub your fingers back and forth on the mic and get the same result. This way you don't have to hyperventilate. Uh, smiley emoji. Keep up the great content. Thank you very much, Kenzel. That's funny. I, I know, I'm sure, in the Forest Dungeons episode or you know, we've said it so many times on this show, Kate and I, or whoever's on the show with me, um, we've talked about how, you know, obviously one of the DS gimmicks is that there's a microphone and that you can peek that microphone by blowing into it. 
lot of people say that they'll shout real quick instead of blow. Um, but that can also be kind of weird if you're like kind of, let's, I don't know, public transportation or a bus or something. And all of a sudden you're like shouting at your DS. This is a great little hack. Um, rubbing your finger back and forth uh, over the microphone, it sounds like, Kenzel, will also peak that microphone. Good to know. Very cool. Um, our second uh, listener feedback here is from Amy Johnson over on Facebook, this looks like. Could be Instagram. It's hard to tell these days. And this is replying to um, Season 5, Episode 8, The Music of Twilight Princess. This is one that Kate and I did in this season not too long ago. Amy Johnson says, I just have to say I am not a gamer. I have no interest in video games or anything related, but I have a 13-year-old son. Mm. And this son desperately wants to be like his friends. So Zelda was our compromise. I'm assuming his friends play video games. And even though I cannot stand all the YouTube and such, I have quite enjoyed your podcast. Oh, well, this is great, Amy. Thank you. Um, We found it about a year ago. We listened to several Zelda podcasts before, and I said, okay, I can handle that one. (laughs) I'm guessing she's talking about another Zelda podcast. It is what we do together. Oh, okay. Um, I'm I'm commenting too much. It is what we do together. I want him to know his passions are important to me. Thank you for having a podcast that is great for a fan, but also great for not a fan. Your podcast has the feel of the more intellectual podcasts I enjoy listening to, and not just all about a video game. Please do not take that in a condescending tone. No, I most definitely do not. I take it as a compliment. Um, Amy, thank you so much. It was not meant that way. I just want my teen to be well-rounded. All this is to say thank you for bonding moments. Oh, my goodness. Um, Amy, thank you for enjoying the show. You are welcome here. Thank you so much for your kind words. It is I mean, to be honest, this is you've kind of like if, 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 if AZP had a mission statement, you've basically pointed it out. We absolutely try to, um, we actively try to be a family-friendly show. We actively, I always tell Kate and the rest of the EZP team, we really like to like things. It's okay to have critiques, but at the end of the day, we're trying to celebrate video games. We're trying to celebrate video game creation and the creativity that goes into these things. And, and these days, I mean, we're in our fifth season now, we're starting to celebrate fandom communities as well and wrapped around uh, the Zelda series. And the fact that you're able to listen to it with your son just warms my heart. That's we, we do hear this from time to time, that parents are able to listen to the show with their kids. Um, and it, it means a lot. It means a lot to me personally and, and everybody on the ACP team. I know it because we, we've this is something we don't we don't preach it. We don't speak about it too much, but it is part of our goal. Amy Johnson, thank you so much. That was very kind words. I'm so happy that you're able to have this time uh, with your son and, and go Zelda. Whoever your 13 year old son is like play all the Zelda games. That's awesome. They are great. I think that I think every single Zelda game is an exercise in creativity in strategy in puzzle solving. And that's actually why I love the series. All right. Our third and final one here is from, Oh, Steve Weir. I think Steve Weir is actually a new Patreon patron. I reckon he actually messaged me a little behind the curtain here. He messaged me the other day because I accidentally set one of the episodes the wrong way. And he reached out and said, Oh, Hey, it's not showing up on my, you know, uh, magical sword uh, tier. Maybe you click something wrong. And he was 100% right. I went right into our account and I clicked the wrong check boxes. And I was very grateful for his, um, his quick feedback there. Anyways, uh, Steve Weir here says, it looks like probably on, not on Facebook. This is, Oh no, this is messenger. Okay. Um, Steve says, hi, David and Kate. 
I just recently found your podcast and have started with season one. I'm up to season one, episode 23. I love the podcast. I love how, at least so far in the first season, you guys don't claim to be experts, but are true enthusiasts and fans of the show. I'm a huge Breath of the Wild player, but have played a number of Zelda games over the course of my life. A Link to the Past was my favorite, was a favorite of mine, until Twilight Princess and then Skyward Sword. Now I'm a huge Breath of the Wild fan. I've beaten the game at least six times so far. Six times! Oh my gosh, Steve, you gotta let me know. How many times was it master mode? How many times was it normal mode? How many times were you completing? How many times were you just doing the champions? You, you gotta let me know what your play experience was. Six times is, is awesome. I'm sure you experience the game in a different way every single time. Um, and he continues, and continue to play each time, searching for new secrets and nods to previous games. Yeah, of course. Only once have I ever gotten to the 100% with all Korok seeds. Well, he's kind of answering my question right here. Upgraded all armors, every item in inventory, etc. I'm a bit OCD. <laughs> oh, I hear you, Steve. Anyway, I love the podcast and you've inspired to start. Wait, what? And you've inspired to start my own podcast, which will occasionally mention my love for Zelda games. Still very much so in the planning and thinking stages but you've been an inspiration. Keep up the great work. And I presume you have since you're up to season five. I just need to catch up. Oh my gosh, Steve. Yes. Make a show, make a podcast. Podcasts are the best. There's been a lot of people that have, um, there, we've actually weirdly gotten a lot of feedback from people who listen to the show that then say, Hey, I want to go make my own show. And it's, it's, that's like, that's the whole point. That's really inspiring. That's really great. Go for it, Steve. If you have any questions at all, reach out to me. All right. So let's do this. Um, it was Dakota and Nathan and I. We got together on Discord. There was a small delay in our connection, but um, it was really a blast to hang out with these two gentlemen and and talk about some of our favorite Legend of Zelda trailers. Without further ado, let's get into it right now. Hello and welcome to another Zelda podcast. I'm David, your host tonight, and tonight I am joined by two other hosts, and they're hosts and guests. I'm actually very excited about this. We have Dakota and Nathan on the show from the Switch Clicks. Um, I guess, uh, gentlemen, why don't you say hi, Dakota, first? <laughs> okay, put me on the spot. Hi, mm -hmm. I'm Dakota. Uh, I do most of the graphics and content creation on the Switch Clicks. These guys just write it. <laughs> hey, different skill sets. So, Nathan, are you one of the writers then? Yes, indeed, I am. Um, I'm also the transcriber of the channel. So, if you ever decide to pop in those those captions uh they're all written by me wow <laughs> wow that's impressive well we we kind of have a, a i'm very excited about this kind of experiment that we're doing tonight the switch clicks you're celebrating a month-long zelda month right now isn't that right would you like to talk to our azp audience about that a little bit um yeah basically uh this is the second time we've celebrated zelda month in the month of november um what we do is we just uh, move all our content towards Zelda. So we do uh, four or five uh, podcast episodes and we discuss and uh, we interview uh, online creators and they're all usually towards the Zelda content. Um, and then on Sundays, we upload Play It By Tier Reviews, which is our review series. Um, and Nathan writes a review and I get to edit that as well. Um, and then later this month, we're actually doing a Triforce trivia game show, which will be live on our Discord channel. That's right. Yeah, you also, um, I think you did the Triforce trivia in Linktober this past summer as well, which which AZP also participated in. Not the, not the trivia, but just Linktober. 
Yes, the uh, Linktober Zelda Creator Con. So you've had a couple of guests um, on on the on the podcast already this month celebrating Zelda, and I know that um, I'm not sure if it was Nathan or Dakota, but one of you reached out to my co-producer Celeste, I believe. And we started talking about things that we could try to do to have the two shows celebrate each other during this very special month. Um, yes, we're that going would be to... Dakota. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Oh, that was Dakota. Yep. Yes. <clears throat> Excellent. Um, we're gonna. So here's the thing: we love to do when we have guests on AZP. We love to do like just something simple, like a top ten list. It's a great way to just keep the conversation going and have there be a lot of fun things to talk about. And. Um, we're going to do an experiment tonight. We have a top 10 list built, and it's going to be top 10 Zelda trailers, top 10 trailers. Dakota and Nathan, you've built a list of five. I've built a list of five. And we're going to, in classic AZP style, we're going to build um, a top 10 list by adding them all together. But we decided to put a little bit of a twist on it here because we all, all three of us agreed we really wanted to try to figure out a way for each show to support the other so we're going to put the first half of this top 10 list on azp in this episode that people are listening to right now and then at the quote-unquote break we're actually going to jump over and we're going to do the second half of the show on the switch on the switch clicks feed aren't we hello is anyone there Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if you chopped. I think you might have chopped off for me. Oh, uh, I? Yes, I heard a bit of a cut there, but I can but start over fine. somewhere. We don't usually we don't usually edit AZP episodes, but I was just saying that um, right. we're going to have the second half of this episode over on the Switch Clicks feed, and I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I will get us started here. I'll get us going, and then I can't wait for the second half of this episode to sit back. Let the switch clicks drive and just be a guest <laughs> on your show as we as we find our final top three here for this top ten list. Yeah. Let's do this. Well, I tell you what. Hmm. I wonder if. How about this? Why don't we why don't I have the, the you two go first? We'll go five to one, our least to top. I um also I wanted to ask real quick, what was your criteria for what a Zelda trailer was because i almost put a couple promos on my list i almost put a couple commercials on my list but i think i was able to keep it to trailers generally speaking um the trailers would usually be shown like showcased um exclusively through live streams such as nintendo directs or just a general press conference uh per se um i think the runtime it had it'd have to be probably past a minute or so to, yeah. to be qualifying as a trailer um maybe have some information that um such as release dates but it won't like give you information like narration retail that sort of stuff um additionally it would uh have a lot of more a cinematic approach to it towards it rather than simply selling the game to you uh you know probably some in-game dialogue or uh some some dramatic music um that sort of stuff I, I, I concur. I, I think I use the exact same criteria. So I think we're going to have a pretty solid list here tonight. Could I invite either of you to get us started with your your first at the bottom? In other words, your number five of uh, top 10 Zelda trailers. Sure thing. So our fifth, uh, our well, I guess you'd say at least top uh, favorite Zelda trailer 
would be the the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time 3D trailer showcased on E3 2011. Um, this was a almost a shot for shot remake of the original Ocarina of Time trailer showcased for the N64. I don't remember when they showcased it, but um, it was the one where they played Conan the Barbarian music and had uh, like the fancy fire in the background of the fonts. Um, and the 3DS remake had the same trailer, same music, and almost the same cutscenes everywhere through and through. Yeah, I remember this trailer. That was a good one. And I'm so happy that you can't quite remember when the first one came out, because it may or may not appear on my list a little later up. I can't wait to speak to that. Okay, <laughs> we'll see about that. A little spoiler <laughs> alert. It was in 1995, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> Yeah, I, re- I remember this trailer. I remember it. I remember the first time I saw it. I didn't fully remember that it was exactly the same shots, and I just thought, okay, cool. You know, sixty-four high, res, higher res graphics or you know, track textures and stuff looking good. And it wasn't until years later, when I kind of through the fandom realized how much it really was a shot-for-shot remake, that I started to actually appreciate it. Yeah, it was it was kind of surprising, like to see Nintendo do something like this. Um, because you wouldn't expect anything from like, I don't, I don't like you can't really predict them to do something like this. You probably expect them to do something a little more modernized, you know, with um, awkward of time music being played. But instead, they they chose to actually just go for a shot for shot remake this time. Did they stick with the Conan music? Is that yes, right? yes, <laughs> the sta- exact same music. Um, oh, I love it. They even put the fire effects and the same font. I don't remember what font it was, but. Um, and yeah. most of the most of the trailer words were all the same too. Yeah, there were a few. I'm, I'm sorry, this is coming back to me. There were a few. There was something at the end that was like a, a slightly different, a little slightly more like aggressive word or something like that. But basically, the verbiage was exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Dust. Th- thou dost not suck or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was a really strange one from the original, and then they they changed it up to feel a little more. Um, I guess natural flowing for yeah uh what a like a medieval fantasy adventure game would look like indeed i find the camera angles are almost kind of awkward when it's in hd like this not in hd but you know <laughs> better res for some reason it just looks awkward <laughs> is that wrong are, or are you looking at it right now yeah like for some reason like okay they have a shot in the middle of it where he i think link is in uh a lake and they like, stay on it of? for way too long. <laughs> I think that, well, I don't even know, know if that's in the original. If it is shot for shot, I'm I am absolutely guessing right now because I don't have this thing memorized and I don't have it up. But um, I do remember that one of the things that Nintendo was tremendously excited about with the Nintendo mm-hmm. 64 was how well it could handle the alpha channels on polygons. And so they were very excited about how essentially how see-through their polygons could be. And so maybe in the original trailer, they were really trying to show off those sweet, sweet water effects. And so when it came to the 3D one, they just kind of had to honor the same shot, but it it didn't impress in the way like a, a single polygon of water impressed back in the late 90s. That's just, it was just water. It was just water at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. But I remember even, even so I definitely Ocarina of Time and even just Super Mario 64 really truly like playing that at a kiosk in a Toys R Us and mm-hmm. being able to see through the water was, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, rather than that having thing. like a repeating texture of opaque water moving mm-hmm. at like five frames per second. 
Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, okay, maybe I can move on to my fifth because we we even have a little bit of a connection here. Of course, Grezzo was the company that that made or remade Ocarina of Time 3D for Nintendo. And they went on to also do the Majora's Mask game. But mm-hmm. because of that relationship that, well, I mean, you guys probably know this too, but because of that relationship that they made with Nintendo, they were invited to make the full proper remake of Link's Awakening. Yes. Yes, indeed. The one yes. I was one for 2019, Nintendo Switch. The the Link's Awakening trailer for me is my fifth favorite. Nice. It's, about, it's nice. the bottom of my list, but I threw it in there. I, I'm very excited about what my 4, 3, 2, and 1 is, are. But um, as I said, we were, jo- you know, I was, we were joking around a little bit before we started recording, and I did mention that Link's Awakening was my first mm-hmm. Zelda game ever. It's very close yeah. to being one of my favorite Zelda games ever. I mean, I think there's, you know, Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild for me are like really, really special. But Link's Awakening is is certainly in that that top three for me. But mm-hmm. um, um, I remember thinking to myself when I saw this Link's Awakening trailer. Of course, we were all hungry for Breath of the Wild 2, the sequel to yeah. Breath of the Wild <laughs> back then. It's all we wanted. We had already been waiting one or two or three years when yep. this Link's Awakening trailer came out. But um, at this point in time, you could really only play Link's Awakening maybe on your 3DS by downloading it on the virtual console. You know, yes. I still had the cartridge. I would I would throw it into my GameCube Game Boy player. It was really hard to play Link's Awakening after a while. And I was so pleased to see that Nintendo cared for people to play it again. And I also was so pleased that this art style um, referenced the original graphics. It didn't make things look too complicated. And for me, I was a very big fan of the tilt shift effect when this trailer came out. Yeah. myself, yeah, you know, it was like, okay, the graphics are simple, but let's just make them look super real. Well, real may not be long flowing hair real maybe make it look like it's plastic modely hair and i was a big fan of the choices that were made with link's awakening and i remember being very excited about that trailer how did you guys feel about it well first time i saw it like i didn't really know much about link's awakening all i knew is that okay uh he's wrecked on a boat and i think the whole thing is some psychological dream or something i'm not honestly too <laughs> sure um but i think when i was watching probably oh, chances are i was watching it live and watching it, and then Zelda anime shows up. I'm like, Zelda anime? Hmm, yes. what is this? Uh, and then it was, first of all, incredibly well animated and honestly proves that Zelda should get an anime. <laughs> Other than that, uh, hey. the dichotomy between the, the reveal of the first few seconds and then the reveal of the chibi toy-like, I didn't know what to feel, honestly. But I think I came well, I, to yeah. love how it was edited. <laughs> I, I do agree with you that the so so whenever I I boot it up on the switch that I do let the animation play I I, you, I I just can't skip it it's just so much fun to see but it is from a you know it's tricky because aesthetically yes they are com- they are of completely two different worlds they they don't even necessarily complement each other the only thing I can think of is that on the original Game Boy game you know they they would they kind of had like so when Link's Awakening came out in the Game Boy you weren't seeing a lot of like full screen art it was still because the Game Boy has that crazy thing where it can only really handle 16 pixels by 16 pixels pixels and everything has to be tile based that Mm -hmm. the fact that they were able to get basically full screen graphics of like Link hanging onto the rope in that opening quote-unquote cinematic was graphically impressive so I, I was thinking to myself well maybe they just wanted something to be really cinematic for the opening and that's why they chose to go with this animation style 
but it 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 in no way informs or complements the rest of the experience. I think you're right. <laughs> but I think uh, even to the ending of the of the actual game, it totally pays off. I think I think throughout the game you almost fall in love with the art style, and then it also adds to the psychological dream of it. So, yeah. Yeah, there's just yes. this huge contrast of like you're just you're basically well, I guess spoiler alerts. Um, you're basically waking up to reality at this point and realizing that when you've been like what's been happening so far, everything's been a dream and it's it's been radically different than what you're used to experiencing. But you've spent in, you've been in that dream for so long that you don't even realize it. Absolutely. And I just, you know, kind of circling back to the trailer of it all, the trailer experience, I I know, like many of us, we really were just thinking we were going to get a sequel to the Breath of the Wild trailer. But when yeah. this one popped up and that, the kind of the drama, so for me, I think what I realized is a lot of my picks have a certain amount of drama in them. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there was drama in this animated link showing up. I remember like watching the water splashing and yeah. I remember thinking, like, wait, that looks a little bit like the screenshot from Game Boy. Oh my gosh, is this Link's Awakening? Is this Link's Awakening? <laughs> and then of course it was. And so so for me, that totally fits as my fifth, um, my fifth favorite, my fifth thing on my top five of trailers. <laughs> yeah. It's a totally different perspective for you, probably, because you played the game um almost like it was your first Zelda game you said. So yeah. Yeah. you have a special connection to it. Me, not so much, but yeah, and, fair enough. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I know that I'm a, a little bit older than you guys, and I actually was in grade school when the first Zelda came out. Like, I was of the group of the kids on the playground talking about this weird gold cartridge and have you played this game called Zelda? And oh my gosh, it's so amazing. <laughs> and I actually didn't play the first Zelda because I would only hear about it from my friends. I tried, technically, I tried renting it once and I didn't know what to do. Um, So my first truly... I, but then when I learned about Link's Awakening, I like asked for it for my birthday or something, and I got it a year later. So that was my first Zelda game, and it was my introduction to the series. Cool. Yeah, that must have like left such a personal touch. Um, on my end of things, I I think I bought the game on like the 3DS Virtual Console back in I think 2014, 2015 or so. Sure. Um, yeah. And as 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 sad as I am to admit it, I played the game beat the first dungeon and kind of just dropped it because I just couldn't adjust to the controls. Like they were uh for modern day standards, obviously they were really primitive. And yeah. um it wasn't until the remake came by when I decided to play it and uh it was a huge game changer. Like I just blasted my way through the remake um without much difficulty and it was such an experience for me. Yeah, I think Grezzo made some really smart choices with with mapping some of those extra buttons. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit behind the curtain here, one of my co-hosts and I were trying to play, we're pl- we are playing Oracle of Ages right now for a future review, and I'm playing it on my virtual console on my 3DS, I think, and then I mm-hmm. gave her my cartridge and she's playing it on a Game Boy player, but but boy, that, you know, that only two item that pause, only an item on yep. B, only an item on A, but half the time you need three or four items in one room, that, exactly. is, um, that is challenging by today's standards, that's for sure. Yep. Well, anyway, um, what, what, if I may, what is your guys is your guys fourth pick? Our fourth is a Zelda spinoff slash crossover. Um, it is the trailer yes. for reveal trailer for Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring the Legend of Zelda. Um, 
and it was revealed that in Indie World. I don't have a date here, but it was revealed uh, in an Indie World. I think it was February 2019, or no, March 2019, Indie World Showcase. I so love basically this. a month. I love this. Basically one month after what we just discussed with uh, Link's Awakening. Was it really oh, yes, close? because was just <laughs> no, so there was that thing after Breath of the Wild, Nintendo, and they still kind of are trying to do this, but after Breath of the Wild, I think it was Doug Bowser was very clear about saying he wanted one Zelda game a year, no matter what. Yes. And yep. it didn't mean a full Zelda game, but it meant like he wanted the, the word Zelda or something at least in or on a game every year. And so they, the way they paced that out is it would be Breath of the Wild, and then it would be something like Crypt of the Necrodancer, and then it would be, or, or you know, the, the sequel or whatever. And then it would be mm-hmm. maybe an HD remake, and then it would be Link's Awakening, and then it would be, and then it was Age of Calamity, and then it was uh, Skyward Sword HD. I think they're still sticking to it for the most part. So this was kind of part of that experience. So maybe Link's Awakening was announced, but to be released a year or two later. Because when, when, Crypt of the Neck. What's its full name? Hyrule. What is its, uh, what's its Cadence full name? of Hyrule. Cadence of thank Hyrule. You, thank you. Colon Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> it really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think when it was announced, it came out fairly quickly. It was only like a month or two later, I thought, or something like that. Um, It came out in June. Like It was like right after E3, I believe, of that year when it came out. I see. So what is it about the trailer that made you want to put it on the list? Um, I think it's uh, just the experience and the surprise of Nintendo collaborating with um, a, it's not a massive company, like Brace Yourself hey. is massive, but I think yeah. the original Crypt of the Necrodancer did make a decent splash when it came out, I think early 2010s. Um, it was fairly early on. Yeah. Um, and but then after the trailer, you think about it and like, this is perfect. This is like the perfect crossover for Zelda to cross over with any game. This is on the dot. <laughs> yeah, if if not only just because Zelda fans love Zelda music so much. Exactly, yeah. And like this was at, at some random indie world showcase. Like at that at that point, nobody really everyone kind of <laughs> just I don't want to be offensive to you know indie developers and whatnot, but um at that point, uh people weren't giving as much high regard towards indie games at that point. Like I know Dakota here, he was a big supporter of indie games. Um, but I know myself, I, I wasn't at the time until yeah. I just sat through watching that um, that Indie World Showcase live. And then I saw that moment where uh, Cadence mentions that she needs help and then Link and Zelda just pop up out of nowhere. Um, that absolutely blew my mind. And knowing the fact that Link's Awakening was already coming out in that same year, it pretty much overwhelmed me with... Um, like we're getting two Zelda games in the same year now, um, and especially one that's music based too. Uh, I, you know, I was a fan of music games, though it has it has been a while up that point, and I was kind of hoping to see something a little new, and uh, this definitely hit the spot there. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. There's, you know, certainly other eShops have also helped with um, making it easier for indie games to get out there, but boy, I think these last like five years on the Switch, they have just it's I, I think I have more indie games than than top tier games on my switch at this point. It, it's just yeah. it's just such an easy way to get that delivery system and to have these publishers be able to make games. They don't have to spend a kajillion dollars on making sure boxes <laughs> are made and stuff like that. I actually think I actually think the indie scene on switch is wonderful. 
it is amazing. <laughs> um, even after that trailer came out, I think we did a podcast podcast episode about um, what indie studios could mix well with Nintendo IP. I think maybe one of the Ooh. examples were like Yacht Club Games, the creators of Shovel Knight, which is my favorite game of all time, indie game of all time. Yeah. Um, I think I said they would mix well with, I think, the Wario series or the Wario Land series. Um, I don't remember uh, the Zelda, ones Zelda the style head, Wario. Oh, yeah. And then also the, the Shovel Knight people, didn't they go on and kind of, they're making kind of a Link's Awakening like right now, I think, unless I'm totally confused about this. It's a little mouse character. I can't remember the oh. name. Have you guys seen this at all? It's like a mo- it's not t- it's not tunic or anything like that, but there's this there's I, I thought it was the shovel knight people. I I, I vaguely know what you're talking about there. Um, yeah, there's a top down looks like Link's Awakening kind of Zelda like coming out, and I think it's the shovel knight people, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm super confused. Yeah. Anyways, there. Um, I would be happy to talk about my fourth pick on my list. Sure, let's hear it. So, in some ways. I think this trailer predates everything we just talked about. <laughs> but it's still on the Switch. <laughs> but, oh. but but we still haven't gotten the game. Um, um, oh. the, my, my fourth oh. pick is that is that early 2019, the first, and I'll call it sequel to Breath of the Wild trailer, because that's basically <laughs> what they said at the end of that trailer. But the first technically Tears of the Kingdom trailer where yep. um, it was mostly a cinematic, if not all cinematic. I can't quite remember. Yep. Maybe there was complete a little bit cinematic. of gameplay. I thought it was complete, yeah. Um, and it was very cool to see. It was so different from anything we saw in Breath of the Wild, but yet so similar too, because Link and Zelda, <gasps> the same Zelda got a haircut, but like it felt like we were still in that world. It felt like we were under that world. But then, for me, I remember the first time watching, I was very excited about it, but then the first time, after after the first couple times watching it, you know, you that first time you kind of go like, whoa, what's that? Who's that crazy zombie at the end? Oh, it looks like they've got a malice eye. I don't know. And then, you know, the community started talking about it. And then I kind of started noticing as well. And then everybody got very excited about how all the gems on the forehead of that zombie looking character lined up with the Ganondorf from Twilight Princess. And then which mm-hmm. is technically also from Ocarina of Time, depending on who you <laughs> talk to. And then it got to a whole nother level of exciting because... Then I just watched it over and over and over. And I was like, I think that is. I think that's Ganondorf from Twilight Princess. Oh, my gosh. How does that change the game? Because one critique that my main co-host and I, Kate, had about Breath of the Wild, and we both very much love Breath of the Wild, was that the Ganon entity was essentially a force of nature in Breath of the Wild. And I think that fits the theme of the show or the, of the game. But we did posit from time to time on our show AZP here, like, oh, but what would how would Ganondorf fit into an open world Breath of the Wild game. Like, how would that work? And so when I realized that that Ganondorf, at least it was suggested, Ganondorf might at least be a large part of the sequel, I got very excited about that uh, that proposition, that concept, that that possibility. Yeah, I'm and sure like, Nathan has ran into his fair share of people <laughs> talking about it because, you know, Zelda Wiki and whatnot. Um, but honestly, it's surprising that that short of a trailer it's like basically fueled the Zelda, uh, what do you call it? Zelda theory train for three <laughs> plus years. <laughs> I completely agree. That's yeah. all we had to go on. Yeah. <laughs> and you heard the most random stuff ever. Like that is, I think 
the official name people are calling is the dehydrated Ganon. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's and funny. people are like, oh, yeah, that's maybe Ganon or that's not Ganon or that's all of them, all of the villains. It's like, OK, relax. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun doing that. Yeah, it is. It is. And I don't know if, if a Ganon or kind of almost technically Ganondorf. I don't know if Ganondorf is going to be in Tears of the Kingdom, but it would be cool. It would be cool to have some kind of one, the, one of the things that I don't want to get too off topic. But one thing that I do pine for a little bit with Tears of the Kingdom is now that we've gotten used to an open world like Breath of the Wild. I still want that, but I would love to return to some of those classic Zelda things inserted back uh, into the open world mechanic. And so if there's a Ganondorf somehow, I remember I remember in one episode months ago, years ago, in fact, Kate and I were talking about like maybe he is also an AI NPC that can move around the open world and he infects things, but we were, we were going way off. But anyway, um, that trailer was exciting and beautiful and fun to see. And then like two days later, when everybody started talking about how it might have been Ganondorf, then it got even more fun and exciting all over again. And that's why I wanted to include it on my list. Yeah. And how, how long was it until? What's that? What's all... how, how long was it until we got the next trailer? <laughs> oh, it was years, two years, and years. years. I think two, two years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 2020 had nothing. And then I think it was we had to wait until 20, E3 2021 to get the next trailer. Well, Oof. we got we got the IG Enuma apology before the Age of Calamity trailer. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yes the blue the the blue back the dark blue backgrounds. Yep, and I think he even had a new haircut or something. But anyway, oh no no that was the other one later on. Like it's really oh, we here's, here's the thing we can speak about IG Enuma announcements more than we can speak about the trailers because there just had to be so many of them. But but I I'm fine with it. You know I've I always say a well baked Zelda game is just a better Zelda game, so I'm not worried. Yeah, me neither. Um, well, I don't want to quote uh, Miyamoto on this, but you know what he said about delaying games is true. In most cases, uh, there are certain games out there that I know have been delayed and didn't perform so well, but uh, we don't talk about those. <laughs> what did Miyamoto say? Uh, he said, um, what was it? Um, I think delayed games are forever good, uh, but rush games but rushed games are forever bad. I think oh, here, that's I got the direct quote here. He says, a delayed game is eventually good, but eventually a rushed good. game is forever bad. Forever bad. I see. Okay, yeah, I like that. I think I agree with that. And every time something is delayed by Nintendo, everybody <laughs> posts that on their Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I see. Oh, I, seen it, right? I see, fair enough. Well, um, those are our first four. When we, I think we're going to jump on over to the Switch Clicks feed. And I think we're going to take care of our three, two, and ones and then build the ultimate list there, kind of put it all together. By the way, before we started recording today, I did reach out to some of our Another Zelda podcast fans on Twitter, and they gave us a bunch of, I guess, honorable mentions. So if we do have any duplicates on our list here by the time we finish up over on the Switch Click side, um, maybe we can source some of their input to fill in the blanks. For sure. That sounds good. So um, I'm going to, uh, EZP listeners, thank you so much for being here with us. You know where to find us, Another Zelda Pod on Twitter, Another Zelda Podcast on Instagram, and all the things, anotherzeldapodcast.com. Our regular listeners know where to go. Um, switch clicks. If 
if people uh, don't have the time to go listen to the second half just yet, we're releasing these on the same day, I think, even, right? Isn't it the... Well, anyway, we can we talk are about that later. We are on the exact same day. We're doing the same day. So that'll be ton, tons of fun. But if you have to stop and go to your Thanksgiving dinner or whatever you got to do and then listen to Switch Clicks an hour later, um, where can people find the Switch Clicks? Uh, mainly just YouTube. Um, also, we're, uh, the podcast is available on every single podcast uh, platform. Um, mainly just under the Switch Clicks podcast. Um, YouTube is under the Switch Clicks, which is where we also have the extra content, the play by tier reviews. We have uh, highlights of Triforce trivia. Um, we also have sometimes gameplay stuff, but um, yeah, that's mainly what we do on our YouTube. Um, you can also join our Discord or uh, follow us on Twitter, which is just Switch Clicks with an extra S on the end. <laughs> Yes, I had to. I had to ask you because I almost at re, I almost at replied some other switch clicks person, and I just checked with you guys real quick. So it is the it's the double double S switch yeah. click. <laughs> 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 well, this has been a blast, guys. I can't wait to jump over onto the switch click side here and let you guys kind of steer the ship for the the second half of this list. Um, until then, I want to thank you for joining me over here on the AZP side. And I really wish you luck with your month of Zelda. I hope you did it last year. You're doing it this year. I hope you do it next year. I know that you've interviewed a couple other guests already. Oh, oh actually, would you like to speak to who some of the other people will be joining, who, who some of the other people are that will be joining you on Switch Clicks episodes? Uh, yeah, uh, as of right now, we've released episodes with uh, Aaron Grubb. That's a musician. Um, we've talked to Melon Speedruns. He mods uh, Zelda games as well as other video games. Uh, Mochi Wei, which uh, she is a fantastic artist. That's uh, the first episode of that month. Um, and if you have extra time, you can go to last year's content. And that was actually just all. Um, we have, I believe, two artists. And I think closer to the end of the month, we interviewed Sean Chiplock, which is the voice of Rivali in Breath of the Wild. Whoa, that's cool. I didn't know that one. I'm going to go back and listen to that. Mm -hmm. Wow, how'd you guys get that in? We'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. That's awesome. Very exciting. <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> Dang, that's cool. That's, that's like a, it's, yeah, it's a Patreon conversation there or something. But anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. And I'll see you. We'll travel through time here, and I'll see you over time and space, and I'll see you over in the Switch Clicks episode, which is, uh, I think, if people are listening to this, the Switch Clicks episode is out right now. Mm -hmm.